also the doctor mentioned me that uh, for your information I also not only having glaucoma I also was having um, uveitis uveitis is whereby sometimes it is an eye inflammation whereby can cause uh, redness or blurness it will come on off sometimes like that uh, sometimes it will disappear the inflammation will go off sometimes it will disappear so but uh, I carried on with my life you know being a teacher we have endless soft marking you see so but it's quite tough for me because my condition start to worsen in end of 2017 I remember it was uh, December or November 2017 then the doctor mentioned to me that cataract has started to build up Welcome to Screwed Up Moments the podcast where it's okay to fail and it's okay to try again I'm your host Danny On the 5th of October, a large family of 12 gathered for breakfast in the Zixi city of northeast China's Heilongjiang province. They crowd over the dining table, utter their morning greetings, and start on their meal, a steaming hot bowl of homemade noodles known as suantangzi, a typical dish to start off a typical day in the region. But what was not so typical, however, was that one by one, Members of the family would begin to fall ill within just a few hours and would be rushed to the hospital for immediate treatment. By the 11th of October, despite the doctor's best efforts, eight of them would sadly pass, while another would hold on for just one more day. They are survived by three of the younger members of the family, who had avoided the suantangzi dish for breakfast just because they did not like how it tasted. Investigators later discovered a high concentration of the lethal boncrachic acid in the gastric fluids of the deceased and in the corn noodles used for their breakfast on that fateful morning of October the 5th. These noodles, as it turned out, had been kept in the freezer for over a year. As this rather grisly story shows, the simplest of mistakes can sometimes lead to the most devastating of consequences. You can misread a label or forget how long the meat has been in the fridge. It's innocent and unintentional, just a careless error. And in the blink of an eye, you might find yourself in a really bad situation, just like the aforementioned family from Tsisi City. In today's episode, our guest shares a story that follows along similar lines. And while I can fortunately say that she did not end up meeting the same fate, her simple mistake would nonetheless lead to quite a devastating consequence. Welcome back to Screwed Up Moments. This is Season 3. Hi, this is Romini, and this is my Screwed Up Moment. Currently, I am a freelance Malay language trainer. 
I teach uh, Malay language to non-Malay students in primary as well as uh, secondary schools. And at the same time, I'm also a freelance uh, Malay tutor with 18 years of experiences. Before this, I was a full-time uh, Malay language teacher uh, in a private school. Although I graduated from a Diploma in Applied Food Science and Nutrition, but I really have a great passion into teaching. So uh, I pursue my career in teaching for almost uh, 15 years. But to an extent, uh, due to a health reason, uh, I make a very tough decision to resign and to just to take care of uh, my health. So that's quite a, a lot of teaching experience that you have. And uh, I, I thought it was quite interesting that when you were in poly, you were actually studying food science. Yeah. So how, when, when, when was that switch uh, from food science to teaching? Because those are two very different fields. Yes, uh, I think during my time, so you will know how old am I. <laughs> during my time, uh, science was really the in thing. Mm. So actually, I uh, do not want to choose science courses, but because uh, most of my relatives are taking science courses, right? I see. So my my dad says science courses are good, have good prospects in the future. So maybe I think again. <laughs> okay, maybe I give it a try. But actually, right at the bottom of my heart, um, I really have great passion in teaching because mm. I love children. You see, during my polytechnic days, I was actively uh, involved and a member of the Tamasic Polytechnic uh, Community Service Club, mm. and I was a student mentor at uh, Griffiths Primary School, whereby I teach and mentor a group of students from the low-income families who are yeah. having uh, difficulty in their weaker subjects on every Saturday. So that is where my passion start into teaching. You see. I believe that every student uh, have their own talent and abilities, <laughs> you see. Uh, but uh, sometimes kids will be just kids, you know. But sometimes when uh, being a teacher, sometimes I will feel very angry with them. But the next day, they will apologize and they will say, sorry, teacher, teacher, how are you? Then they will give me a good heart, you see. So I will feel, whoa. <laughs> so the next day, I will forget really. <laughs> so those are generally the naughty ones, huh? Uh, not the naughty ones. I mean, uh, not naughty lah. <laughs> Ones. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a bit of background about our guest, Rumini, the Malay language teacher whose passion for teaching clearly shines through even within that short segment. And at this point of the interview, I can already say that she is probably one of the sweetest ladies that I have ever met, which unfortunately makes listening to her screwed up moment that much more difficult. The reason you're here today is to share your screwed up moment story. As you mentioned earlier, you had to quit teaching full-time just yes. because of something that happened earlier on in your life. Yes. So um, that incident specifically, could you tell us what happened? Okay, um, I remember at the age of 19, one night, I would study very hard for my exams. Mm. So, um, but it was quite late at night, but I still want to study. And there was some discomfort in my eye. So I thought that oh, maybe there is some dust which had 
entered into my eyes. Mm. And then um, I remembered my mom always put her medications and other medications in the cabinet, right in the kitchen. Suddenly, I thought about the eye wash, which was in the cabinet. I took it out and it was still in a plastic wrap in mm. the box, which mm. has not been opened for some time. So I opened it up and I've been using uh, the eye wash for several months, you see. After using the eye wash for several months, then I realized something weird happened. Mm. Um, my right eye, uh, the color is a bit darker brown, while on the left side is mm. black. So I thought that, oh, maybe I'm an outdoors person. I'd like to do sports here. And in secondary school, I was also involved in NPCC. So maybe too much exposed in the sunshine. Mm. So I just ignore about it. But um, as days turns to months, then it turns into darker grey. So when your eyes on the right side turns darker grey and the other is black, surely you will feel uh, more worried. So mm. I told my mom, Mom, uh, I feel quite strange, I said. So my mom asked me again, uh, what did you put inside your eye? I said, I just uh, placed an eye wash. Mm. So my mom asked me again, did you look at the expiry date? And I say, oh, I never think of it at all. So I quickly look and look at the bottle. Oh my God, it has expired for almost four to five years, you see. But I don't blame my mom. But I blame myself because I'm big enough uh, to see, right? And I did not check the expiry date at all. Hmm. So um, my mom said, why didn't you check? Then I said, I totally forget about it, you see. Hmm. So um, after that, we went to uh, the doctor and we was referred to an eye specialist. And the doctor said that I was diagnosed with glaucoma. So I was quite shocked. I told the doctor, none of my family members or relatives, even my parents are not wearing glasses, hmm. are having glaucoma. So could it be a possibility of the eye wash? But the doctor mentioned to me, it might be or it might not be the cause or I might have this um, glaucoma uh, beforehand. Hmm. So I was like in denial. I was quite angry and furious to myself and I keep like blaming myself and why didn't I check? Maybe maybe it's because of the eye wash, not because of glaucoma. Like I was in denial. So sometimes like small, simple kind of things uh, in yeah. life, we see, we see it as nothing, simple kind of thing, but sometimes it can affect for the rest of our life. So during the night itself, when you yeah. applied the the eye wash. Yeah. Was it to both eyes or just the one one eye? Uh, both eyes. For both okay. eyes. Yeah. But the weird thing, <laughs> <laughs> only the right side, you see, was being affected. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you used it over the next few weeks as well. Uh. Yeah. And 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 also, uh, I think several months or so. Several months. I think months. two to okay. three months. Yeah. And then it was only gradually, then you start to notice when you see yourself in the mirror. Eh, yeah. How come my, my right yeah, eye is? My right eye, the, uh, at first, it was darker brown, but after that, a few months later, it turns like a grayish in color, you see? Mm. Yeah. So, so when the colors start to change, right? Yeah. Was there anything else different? Were you feeling like any strain or any pain in the eye? There you... was no pain at all. Hmm. There was no pain at all. So I that, that's the reason why, like, you know, if we feel pain, usually we will immediately right, see, right. see a doctor, right? But this one, no pain at all. 
like it is silent, you see. Okay. Yeah. And then you can still see. But I can still see. We although it's a darker, yeah, you know, grey in color, but I can still see. I can still read, and it's still clear. My vision is still clear. Right. Yeah. I see. Then after that, you went to the doctor, and the doctor mentioned that you might have glaucoma. Yes. What was going through your head? What were you? How were you feeling at that time? I was like um, quite shocked, and I was also like in denial because. I was 19, quite young, right? A very young age. Mm. And then the doctor mentioned that I have to really have to take care of my eyes because if I did not take care of my eyes, it might lead to uh, blindness because glaucoma is really a silent tips of sight. I'll be honest, this story is really peculiar in its details, but at the same time, frightening due to its seeming universality. Like, I mean, the incident itself could have happened to just about anyone. It's not like it's a car crash or a rare type of blood cancer. It's merely a careless mistake that people can and do make countless of times throughout their lives. It's just that in Rumini's case, she was one of the unfortunate ones that had to pay a heavy price for it. And I know what you might be thinking. Didn't Rumini say that she could still see perfectly fine and that her eye didn't hurt? What's the big deal about it if it's just some weird cosmetic effect? Well, frankly speaking, it actually wasn't that bad for a while. Despite getting glaucoma during her poly days, Rumini was still able to graduate, pursue her teaching career, and even get married. But eventually, the silent thief of sight did make its presence felt. After I got married, although I had glaucoma, it was still stable. I mm. can still see on both eyes clearly. But um, my eye condition started to get affected when I was pregnant. Uh, I was seven months pregnant and uh, I can feel there is something sandy in my right eye. As mm. if like there is a, some sand in my eye and I, I feel some blurriness you see hmm. so I went to see the doctor during one of the checkup and then they mentioned to me that my eye pressure is extremely very high hmm. then they said that I had to go for an operation and the operation is called Ahmad Glaucoma Tube which is implant into my right eye so you can imagine I was 7 months pregnant that yeah. I had to go for this procedure so uh, I went for the procedure. Okay, it was successful. But uh, eventually, after I gave birth, right, now my daughter is already four months old. During one of the checkup, the doctor was quite shocked because uh, the Ahmad glaucoma tube, which was inserted into my eyes, was missing. They could not find the tube in my right eye. So her doctor was also puzzled, but they mentioned to me that the optic nerve of my eyes is very weak. After some discussion that they say that if they did not do uh, the next operation, yeah. uh, my eye pressure will increase drastically. So I have to uh, do the same procedure once again. So you can imagine after before I gave birth, after I gave birth, then my daughter is four months old and I have to go for that procedure once again. And also the doctor mentioned me that uh, 
for your information, I also not only having glaucoma, I also was having um, uveitis. Mm. Uveitis is whereby sometimes it is an eye inflammation whereby can cause uh, redness mm. or blurness. It will come on off sometimes like that. Mm. Uh, sometimes it will disappear. The inflammation will go off. Sometimes it will disappear. So, but uh, I carried on with my life. You know, being a teacher, we have endless of marking. You see. Yeah. So, but it's quite tough for me because my condition start to uh, worsen in end of 2017. I remember it was uh, December or November 2017. Then the doctor mentioned to me that cataract has started to build up. And that's where I start to see many white spots in my eye, like very cloudy, you see, and very hazy in my right eye. So I was sometimes during marking, I have trouble focusing. It caused me really frustration because I am not able to mark as fast as possible before. For example, keying marks, right? People who do not have any vision problem, they might just key in once. But for me, I have to really look at the number three, four times. Okay, then I key in the numbers. So I had really uh, so many complications, especially in my right eye. You see. And it got more worse. My cornea was slightly swollen and a scarring. There was once when I was marking. I do not know why there are so many tears keep flowing only on the right side, and there was a pulling sensation, like a thread pulling on my right eyes. It's like something pulling me softly, but it's quite pain. Yeah. And when every time I blink my eyes, the tears will flow. It's quite mm. painful for me. So each time I blink, really painful. So I feel very sad, and I sometimes I cried it down uh, when my husband is sleeping. Everyone is sleeping. I was marking like I sometimes cried to myself. I said, I cannot be carrying on marking because if I want to finish up my work, but I can't. I simply can't. You see, yeah. and it's not that I procrastinate or I want to delay my work. You see, but uh, I'm having a very bad headache and also having this kind of uh, situation with my eye. It's hard enough having to deal with the complications and the multiple operations, but with Rumini's story, I think what makes it even more heartbreaking was that along with her vision, she was slowly beginning to lose her identity and purpose as well. For years and years, she had pursued her passion in teaching and had enriched the lives of many young students. But at this point in her life, she was finding it more difficult to continue doing what she loved. All because of that simple, careless mistake that she had made when she was nineteen. So uh, when I see the doctor, the doctor told me that, oh, do you remember the uh, Ahmad glaucoma tube, the tube which was inserted into your eye, rub against the cornea. Ooh. So that is why uh, you've been having pain and when you blink you cause uh, like a burning sensation and also water keep flowing 
there were so many doctors uh, which discussed my eye condition. But the doctor mentioned to me that there was a risk because they have to first lower down my eye pressure to make it stable and then they have to uh, remove the cataract, try their very best to overcome the cataract and then proceed with the cornea. Hmm. So you can see it's very complicated. So um, I was quite worried. Then in 2018... In February, the doctor asked me to go for an operation. So they say, okay, you go for the operation to lower down your eye pressure first. So all these years, since 19 years old until now, I've been using eye drops for the rest of my life. Hmm. Yes. In February 2018, I went for an operation and it was successful. But when once I come back to work, I only have around one and a half weeks more that it was going to be a mid-year examination already. Hmm. So you can imagine my workload. I was trying to get well and at the same time, my workload is becoming more also. Hmm. So I was praying very hard during that time and I was like really stressful because exams is coming and I need to return back so many outstanding worksheets. I tried my very best, you see. But I feel very stressed at the same time. Like, you know, um, some people think that uh, I'm just delaying my work, yeah. procrastinate. But no, actually it's not. Because some people are not in our shoe. They don't understand um, what we are facing, you see. So I was praying hard. I, I said that, okay, God, um, this is really too much for me. And some people do not understand my condition. So if there is a solution, please show me the way. Please guide me. Please help me out, you see. Hmm. And I make a decision to resign after the examination, after the school holiday. I think remember in June 2018, that was my last uh, years being a teacher for almost 15 years as a full-time Malay language teacher. I feel very sad because I really enjoyed my job very much, you see. But at, to a certain extent, I also have to take care of my health and I have to get well first. And I also have to think of the long term because I have uh, three children already. Mm. And what happens if I cannot see totally in both eyes at all? And I think that, okay, maybe there are other uh, pathways for me other than teaching and I carry out and move on with life. Yeah. yeah. Most importantly, if I am not happy and if my health is like taken away from me, I think that I have to do something about it. But my husband did uh, told me, you have done nutrition before, maybe uh, you can try some other pathways or maybe your career is not only in teaching, who knows, there are some other opportunities out there. Mm. Uh, my husband said to me like that, so I was also thinking, okay. Yeah. yeah. I did apply for many jobs 
I tried to apply for like a trainer or a tutor because a tutor maybe in one class there are only eight students, nine students. It's still manageable for me. Uh, other than that, I tried to apply for so many jobs. You see, sometimes out of the teaching line also I did apply. Mm. But uh, what's shocking for me is that sometimes during the interview, you no, know, um, when we have interview, we see face to face, right? Yeah. Usually they will see our facial. The first thing of all, sometimes uh, people are very, you know. Your eyes are really very sharp, indeed. And yeah. sometimes they will say, "Are you having problem with your eyes? Whether I can I uh, really do my job well?" But I was like, "Wow, this is a job interview. The first two question is that is is my vision, not like some other questions." Yeah. So like, I feel like my sense of confidence suddenly uh, declined. I was like, uh, why do people have such kind of perception on people who have visual impairment? You see, like it's giving me uh, my my hope. I I do not know whether there is still hope for me. But uh, I keep on trying and trying until one day I still have not got any job. Uh, during the 2018, hmm. I was watching Channel News Asia, and suddenly I saw this man. His name was Mr. Ali Daud. I was very impressed with him. He was totally legally blind, but he was talking confidently. You see, so I was quite amazed with him. So I quickly searched at the LinkedIn, and um, I request to be his friend. The very next day, I was shocked. He emailed me mm. and he asked me for my handphone number because he says that he want to talk to me personally and give me some advice. Mm. The very next day, this man he gave me a call. He told me that in life we do not know what the future lies for us. You see, but we still have to carry on with our life. And the most impressive and the words which I cannot forget until now, his words. I cannot really forget his words. He says that there is greatness inside you, and discover your fullest potential. And I believe that there is something inside you, and you are talented. When I heard this blind man talking to me. It was like a turning point for me, and and I realized that okay, if I feel that I am unlucky in this world, there are so many people out there who are much more unlucky than me, who cannot see totally at all, but they are happy with their life. And uh, I was very impressed with him because he has really a um, high portfolio. So I was like, "Wow! If this person who is not able to see can make a really great impact on other people, how about me who can still see with one vision? Why should I give up?" Following the advice from Mr. Ali Daud. 
Rumini sought help from organizations such as the Singapore Association of the Visually Handicapped and SG Enabled, where she was exposed to a wider community of people with disabilities. The community warmly accepted her and advised her on how to get back on her feet, and perhaps more importantly, reminded her of her potential and how she can still be a valuable member to society. In 2019, I... Uh became a freelance conversational trainer uh, with this uh, language centre. They give me a sense of confidence not to give up hope. So it is like a stepping stone for me to uh, move on with my life. And at the same time, I also uh, teach in a tuition centre. And uh, that's uh, really give me a satisfaction. And I feel... Uh, totally recharge back that my efforts uh, studying and teaching Malay for many years is not come to waste at all. Yeah, maybe there there is a blessings in, in disguise which we do not know. And uh, well, in times of COVID also, right, sometimes we think that, oh, COVID, uh, we are not able to do this, we are not able to do that. But uh, due to technology, there are so many online workshops. I build up my self-confidence by participating in this online training, for example, in public speaking, and I'm able to gain many new knowledge, Hmm. not only in public speaking, and there are so many causes out there. Hmm. But the good thing is that I'm not able to see clearly, right? So... um, Using handphone, I can enlarge, you see, and I can see virtually, although I'm I not able to go out, but I can still see uh, right from my home. So, um, just to put a bookend on your journey with your, your vision, right? Yes. So, what is your vision like? These days, are you considered like a you know legally blind? You know what what's the what's the si- well, I'm considered considered as uh, partially sighted or partially blind mm. because I'm not able to see totally on my right side. Mm. Um, I'm only able to see on my left side, but there are also um, challenges also <laughs> uh, Especially um, taking bus right, I have to look really carefully especially when the bus is right in front of the bus stop, then I will board the bus. <laughs> yes. And nowadays, luckily, I will, we have gadgets like handphone whereby we can zoom yeah. in, right? <laughs> Thank God also. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. So, so your, left, your, your left eye is still... Still okay. Around, still okay. Around yeah, 95%, 90%. But the Thank right God. eye is completely blurred, is yes. it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But... Uh, Sometimes I pray that God, please don't take more than this. <laughs> yes. Uh, sometimes I pray hard, you see. <laughs> Finally, just one last question. If there is one lesson that uh, people can take away from your story, what do you think uh, should it be? There are ups and downs in life, but we must never give up hope. Although you are having a bad hair day, or in a difficult situation, doesn't matter in relationship, in terms of health, uh, you have to believe in yourself. The strength is in you. Beauty is not just outside, it is also right in our heart. So I hope that, uh, remember, you are the real hero in yourself. (laughs) 
That's wonderful. And so with that, we have come to the end of this episode of the Screwed Up Moments podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and much thanks to Rumini for sharing her incredible story. If you'd like to reach out to her, I'll be leaving some of her social media links in the episode description. With that being said, the Screwed Up Moments podcast was produced and edited by me, Danny Cordy, on behalf of Fable Productions. Episode music was sourced from Blue Dot Sessions, and the theme song was composed by Rico Lowe. If you enjoyed listening to the Screwed Up Moments podcast, you can help out the show by sharing it amongst your friends, or by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Otherwise, if you have any questions, suggestions, feedback, or if you have your own Screwed Up Moments story to share, you can drop us a message through the email dkoordi at fableproductions.com. Once again, this has been your host Danny for the Screwed Up Moments podcast, reminding you that it is okay to fail and it is okay to try again. Thank you for listening.